Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, timeless wisdom to enrich every day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, December 11. Attachment binds one to things in the way that unripe fruit clings to its branch, even when buffeted by high winds. Be like a ripe fruit, which instantly drops when it is brushed by a mere breeze. At the slightest hint of adversity, remember God and release your grasp on the tree branch of delusion. Now, Swami Kriyananda is no longer in the body, so I can't actually take this one up with him. But I think it's slightly misleading to say, at the slightest hint of adversity, remember God and release your grasp, because a lot of times there's a lot of adversity, and you can't let go at that point. You have to persevere. And all all the way through this book, what to speak of other of his writings, Swami talks about the need to hold on. So I want to make clear here, when I think this is what Swamiji is saying, or at least this is what I'm going to declare at the moment since he's not here to dispute me. What he means is at the slightest hint that you're acting from delusion and not from wisdom, then whatever it is that you're falsely attached to, falsely attached to, that's what you should let go. Because a lot of times in our lives we're struggling against life just terribly because we're really attached to some particular thing. And it's not even that we necessarily have to give up that thing. We just have to give up the fear that causes us to grip rather than to just believe that God knows what he's doing. And I I think that's what Swami means by the word adversity because he says let go of your grasp on the branch of delusion. So the delusion could be that I have to have this job to be happy, that I have to have this relationship, this house, this money. But if the winds are blowing and, and it, really, it really is that you're not going to be able to keep those things because God is really moving you away from them, then don't just keep clinging like this because that will, one, it will blind you It will blind your intuition. Attachment is blinding. We can't see things clearly when we're attached. We can't see the bigger picture. We can't feel the actual wisdom of our soul telling us what we need to do. That's the kind of attachment to delusion. But sometimes, in the face of adversity, we have to cling all the harder. Not because we're attached, but because it's dharma. It's the right thing to do. It's the truth as we know it. It's our own understanding and countless other um, suggestions in this book talk about that kind of strength. So the, the strength is not a determined commitment to follow a certain path. It's the sensitivity to whether what I am holding on is really dharma. And what dharma means is that which will expand my consciousness or whether what I'm holding on to is really... Um, contractive, a dharma. (coughs) 
and that's the freedom of of mind that we really need to develop and as soon as we realize i've had many times in my life where i've held strongly to a, a certain point of view but then suddenly realized that that point of view was simply incorrect <laughs> and at that point i had to let it go i remember a a a project that i was working on in which it was there was a lot of people involved we had to make a decision and somehow just at the very beginning of what turned out to be a months long process it was very clear to me what needed to happen but the way i presented my intuition on it uh, was not magnetic and it became uh, i became very stubborn in my point of view others didn't like being pushed around by me it got to be quite tempestuous and finally i realized just i just realized one day that whether or not my initial intuition was correct the way i was going about it the way i had gone about it and the way i was going about it <coughs> was pure ego i had become completely attached to having my way and what my way was was less important than the fact that i had become so attached to it i began to realize that even if my intuition had been correct I had become so attached to having other people believe my intuition that whatever had been wisdom was now delusion as simple as that. And so I wrote a letter to everyone concerned and I was honest. I said whether or not my intuition was correct remains to be seen. But that is no that is no longer the issue. The issue has become my attachment to having my way. So I hereby withdraw from the entire decision making process which I did and I just allowed others to make the decision and interestingly eventually they all came to what i had thought right at the beginning because i really didn't think i was wrong but see so it wasn't really the issue that was there it was that i became very attached to having everybody listen to me and doing it my way and that was delusion and and i clung to my delusion and very nearly made a total mess of an entire situation so that's what we have to let go of and i remember another time I I was in a, it was personal. I I had very deep personal desires that a certain situation would work out in a certain way, just what I wanted. And I had made the mistake at that point of getting a psychic reading. And the psychic reader who was unfortunately not very good, only read my subconscious desires, did not read the akashic record or anything like that. She read my subconscious desires and told me that everything would work out the way I wanted it to. and that thought stayed in my mind which actually ever since then i've been very cautious and i try as much as possible to never let anybody tell me the future because i'm not capable of not thinking about it so i spent actually quite a long time many months just expecting that it was going to work out the way that i wanted it to and because i was attached and i was attached to to you know being reassured i had all those attachments I was completely blind to what was going on around me. I made one dumb decision after another because I wanted it to be a certain way. And when I finally had to, you know, look truth in the face and see what was really happening and realize that my desires were going to be disappointed, not fulfilled, it was much worse. It was much worse than if I had just been willing to 
release attachment, and the answer is really give it to God. Now, when we give it to God, we don't have to say, we don't have to pretend, I don't care how this turns out, it can be any way that you want it to be. You know, we don't fool anybody. Divine Mother lives within our hearts. She knows what we really want. So I always go back to a very high example, which is Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane before the Roman cohort came and arrested him. And he knew that he was about to be arrested. He knew that he was going to be condemned and tortured and crucified. And he was heartbroken about it. Now, you have to understand, he wasn't heartbroken about what was about to happen to his body. He was an avatar. He was fully capable of of living outside the experience of the physical body. The physical body was a speck on the horizon of infinity. He had an obligation and a responsibility for it. He needed to live through the experiences that it, uh, his mission demanded of him. But there was no part of him that um, suffered in the way that a human being suffers who's so attached and defined by his body. He was heartbroken because he had come with a divine message from God for everybody, including those who are now going to turn so brutally against him. And he was heartbroken for their suffering because he he came to liberate them from suffering. And instead, not only were they rejecting his message, but they were actually acting in such a way as to increase their delusion. Now, later on, when he was literally dying on the cross, he looked at those who had crucified them, him, and he begged God to forgive them. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He felt nothing but compassion for those who had put him to death. I mean, that was his consciousness. That's what it is to live in the consciousness of God, because that's how God feels for us. He weeps for us, because he sees that we reject the possibility of bliss when it's offered. So Jesus is there on what they uh, dramatically call the rock of agony, literally, in Gethsemane. And he was praying, and he said, Lord, let this cup pass from me. Those are very powerful words. Now, we're, we're talking about being surrendered to God, doing the will of God, accepting the will of God. But Jesus had an opinion. This is how I think about it. Jesus had an opinion. Lord, I have an idea here. Let's have this come out differently. And so he was expressing his heart. If these souls can be saved, if this, um, this miscarriage of justice, of, of this lack of attunement, to the bliss that you're offering, if there's any way that this could not happen, don't you think it would be a good idea to have it not happen? That's just Jesus being very honest. But after he says that, and all we have in the Bible is just, Lord, let this cup pass from me, because that's such beautiful poetry. But I'm sure the conversation was longer. Jesus prayed all all night there. But then he said, but thy will not mine be done. And I believe the reason that that story is there is so that we'll understand how to pray, which is how we pray is, this is who I am, this is what I want, this is what I'm afraid of. I really can't bear the thought of this not turning out. I don't know how I'm going to survive. If, if this is the way it goes, you know all these other people will be hurt. I feel responsible for these people. Go in for as long as you like. 
Put the whole story in front of Divine Mother. She already knows. She's in your heart. She knows when you, when you put on a pretend good attitude, you're not fooling her at all. She knows. I mean, think about it. When your little child comes, I was remembering a friend of mine. Her little boy was about four or five. She was in the kitchen. He walks up to her and he said, I didn't do nothing, Mommy. And, and she leans over and she says, Where did you do nothing, honey? In the closet in the bedroom. <laughs> so she goes into the closet in the bedroom and he had gotten into her supply of vitamins and for some reason had opened every bottle and poured them all onto the floor. So all the pills were just all mixed on the floor and all the empty bottles were sitting there. You know, I didn't do nothing, Mommy. Where did you do nothing? I mean, that's what we are with Divine Mother. When we say anything you want, whatever you want, I just want your will. If it's true, that's wonderful. But if it isn't, it, it makes it harder for her to help us. I mean, think about it. Now I'm going to go to adults. Children, sometimes you can kind of work around because they're so guileless. But think about adults. Gosh, you seem a little upset to me today. You know, are, are you upset with your brother? Are you upset with your day at work? I'm fine. Well, you seem a little tense to me. Maybe something happened that we could talk about. No need to talk about it. I'm fine. Where do you go after that? You know perfectly well they're not telling you the truth for whatever reason, but you can't break down their free will and demand that they speak to you. The problem is that God respects our free will. People are afraid of God because they think he's going to force something on them. They're afraid of becoming disciples because they think the guru is going to force something on you. My answer to that is no such luck. We have free will and we're allowed to exercise it. So if you bring to Divine Mother, oh, the problem is this chip on my red cup, this is the problem. And the actual problem is the fact that you have a big growth on the side of your head. But when Divine Mother says, um, you know, does that growth on the side of your head trouble you? I don't have a growth. The problem is the chip on the cup. She can't talk to you about anything but the chip on the cup. But if you say, I have a growth on the side of my head. I have a, a hole in my heart. I have a terror that's just making me Stay awake at night because it looks to me like you're going to rip out of my hands the things that I feel I must keep. But thy will not mine be done. But you can also say, if you're going to do this to me, then you have to give me the strength to go through it. That's perfectly fair. You can make demands on God. And in fact, Divine Mother loves us, loves it when we talk like that. Masters, um, some of his advice for how to pray is just very aggressive. Pray very aggressively. And now think about it. Think about it in relationships in your own life. Even if people are strong, even if people have strong emotions, isn't it wonderful when the truth is really on the table and we're really talking about what's really happening? And even if someone has strong feelings, there's a shared understanding that what we really want to do is what's right. Now that's when really positive things can happen, isn't it? And even when a person says, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I have the strength. I don't know what I'll do if, it, if this turns out to be God's will, because then we're dealing with truth. And truth is always stronger than fear. And truth is always stronger than falsehood. So 
in order to be the way Swamiji is suggesting, which is be able to let go as soon as we realize what I'm clinging to is a delusion, and adversity is something that begins to tell you that you might be operating on the wrong side of this question, oh, I don't want that. And then we can really know what's asked of us. Then we can really know what to do. Because Jesus allowed himself to be arrested. Jesus allowed himself to be taken. He allowed himself to be crucified. But he never surrendered. He, he allowed it to happen because he saw it was God's will. But inwardly, his, his power of the truth never for a moment wavered. When Pontius Pilate wanted to release him, Jesus said simply, even now, legions of angels could come to my rescue. The only power you have over me is what God has given you. Jesus had relinquished all delusion. He stood in the truth. That's how we should be. So Swami says, attachment binds ones to things in the way that unripe fruit clings to its branch. Even when buffeted by high winds, be like a ripe fruit, which instantly drops when it is brushed by a mere breeze. At the slightest hint of adversity, remember God and release your grasp on the tree branch of delusion. God bless you, my friends.